This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. To find out more, please visit classicalconversations.com. CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. I need to say something, don't I? Don't I? You know how this works? Come on, man. Okay, this Come is on. how it works. Wake Usually, up. I play this little thing. You want to try it again? I'm so okay. sorry, guys. Because I'm not cutting this. My, I'm just going to let it roll. I'm just going to let it roll. You just let me know when we're ready. Just make yeah, it up. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I'm you for, do it you got to do yeah. a note? Okay, no, just, we're sorry, everybody. We're going to start the show in just a second. Y'all just keep liking and is sharing this, is everything. This live, right? This is, this is live. Oh. This is right. live. Are you ready? Y'all just like and share the show, and then it's going to, when Gabe is ready, we're going to just kick the whole thing every time. We haven't done this in a while. We've been like going on. It's because like, you've been gone. But no, uh, no, I've been gone. We had a tour. Uh, we did our. We did, we did our Midwest oh, yeah. tour, right? Oh, we, oh yeah, no, we did our our, our great right. three twenty nineteen tour. Oh, he's, he's ready. We got Joshua Harris not coming on the show. <laughs> Dort College, what is wrong with you? Oh uh, what? Dort. I don't know who Dort is. It's Dort? a college, yeah, oh, man. Okay. Hey, brother Phil Johnson, we got some words. He's coming on. He's oh. coming back. Oh, and Jen Wilkins. Wait, Wilkins. <laughs> well, there we go. Hey, y'all. We're not all put together here. We've been traveling the last three weeks. Uh, we forgot been, how to do the show. Yeah, we forgot how to do the show. Yeah, it's it's great to be back, though, in the studio. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Pastor Toby Chalk Knox, the water boy, and campus preacher Keith. St. Keith. St. Keith. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Are you Catholic now or something? Not, no, but, but <laughs> you want to say who? My host here in Moscow, they're on campus with me one time, and the student said, "Well, aren't you a sinner?" I said, "No, I'm a saint." So ever since then, <laughs> I've been I've been Saint Keith to them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Great. that's great. Saint, saint Keith. So. Hey, uh, we got, of course, our corporate sponsor right one now. Hat one Hat Technology. Technology. Yep. Hey, look, they they even sent us a hat. Mm. Because they are not That's a the clothing company. Boom. Actually, not a clothing company. <laughs> tech software development company. Their motto is craftsmanship to the glory of God. Mm. They make software. They build custom apps of all kinds, business apps, mobile apps. They got one in the works for us. Desktop hey, apps. We're working on he is help, He's actually now helping us with uh, our app. Is he? He is. He's, he's a boy. You're a good Go person. One hat. Yes. So if you're in the market to have a new app developed, you should definitely check out One Hat. One Hat also builds custom websites, provides hosting solutions of all sizes. I might need talk to them (laughs) core values are truth goodness and beauty which shine forth in every app they create they are striving to live out the lordship of jesus christ in the technology world so if you'd like to have a new mobile app or business app or website made visit onehat.com forward slash cross politic today that's o-n-e-h-a-t dot com slash cross politic and he's fantastic to work with he's actually helping us on our app now because our our App guy who's helping us move to moved his family to Israel to oh he getting ready for the rapture going to school that would never even occur to me I said we're in different planets you're like yeah. oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah. You, did you ever see Phil Robinson had this ministry where he'd raise money to, send to fund plane tickets to yep. send Jews back. From yeah. America to the promised land I, to yeah. fulfill prophecy. Oh, in yeah. order to try to get Jesus to, to come fulfill home. prophecy. Come back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh-huh. hey, we're also going to be at, we're going to be at G3. Possibly. Yeah. At G3 in January. And that's all we're going to say at this point. We're supposed to be at G3. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, make sure you guys support the club. We actually traveled the last couple of weeks. We were at a conference, in, a Reform Con 
Yes, in Arizona. There and then we were, it was our great tour. It was our yeah. great tour. And then we were at, Phoenix. We were at uh, Seattle. Seattle. And now uh, we're home. And and by the way, there's some real. There's three or four solid churches in Seattle. I was really encouraged. Only three or four. Come well, on. That, that we know of. Come that on. We, that I know Come of. On. I'm Come not saying on. there's probably more than that. Yeah. And but I was just encouraged. He meant 34. To see. <laughs> I meant 34. <laughs> was, it's a Texan thing. 34. I was just encouraged to actually see. The connection and love of the brethren and the oh, the, yeah. the unity it was great. between is Reformed Baptist all the way to Presbyterian is really cool right. all the way all the way <laughs> I mean the spectrum the the spectrum Reformed Baptist to Presbyterian is incredible and uh, so that was really neat and then uh, yesterday I was actually um, down in California um, doing some things that I can't really talk about yet but it was a it was a um, because of our club members <laughs> we're able to do some of this so yeah, that, praise that, God yeah. Yeah. so thank you for supporting us uh, the more the merrier we're trying to to, to turn a corner you got, so you really got him a vacation to Southern uh, California uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what the club I, members I, get it wasn't a vacation I'll tell you that I was in L A traffic at like five p.m. Oh, poor you and I had this I had this car this rental that had cruise control on it, and it but this new like new cruise control is pretty amazing because it gauges <laughs> the distance between the car in front of you. So uh, and so driving, he, join cross politics uh, now. Are, are you, are you so gone? the kid can have cruise <laughs> yeah. control that allows him to no. sit back. You know, what, what, <laughs> hey, hey, they paid for my trip, so the club he, members didn't pay for this trip. But I know. anyway, anyway, I, I, I want to say something about the club membership real quick. Yeah. Something that I see that's happening that I really want to thank God for. Um, people who used to go to uh, Drudge Report and go to Huffington Post. Yeah. Uh, I've heard this more than mm-hmm. one time before. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Darren; he was telling me about this too. Yeah. But people who are watching and paying attention to the Fight Left Feast Network. They're they're starting to watch Marcus and other people who are streaming live the debate and watching that instead of watching the debate or getting their news sources that's from right. the Fight Laugh Feast Network right, who right. are dealing with. And yeah. I just want to say like that's really good, yeah, especially in yeah. the time of ABC News. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like man. you know, you need some somebody who's going to you know. And yeah. what what club members are going to allow us to do is be able to have the resources to do the research yeah. and dig deeper. Well, and I love the fact that a lot of our listeners actually send us news stories send us news and be stories. like, "Hey, that's did you huge. see this? And do you see this? And you know, it doesn't always make it into a show, but yeah. you are helping, and it's a yeah. huge encouragement. And and what we really want to do is we want to do we want Gabe and David on full time. Yeah, that's what Long we're term. aiming for, yeah. so that we can Long be term. we can be bringing you all kinds of shows and programs, and we can be covering a lot more of the news than we're able to. Uh, so, if you want more of that, please join. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge help. Cross politics. If you want more of ABC, don't join the network. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right. That's our plug. That's our plug. Yeah, that's our plug. So here we go. We got a interview with Josh Harris. So Josh Harris is coming back out. Oh, all right. Out I'm of good. the closet. It was a great show, guys. Or whatever. All right. We'll see you later. Right. <laughs> Sounds like you think the church has made a massive mistake by becoming so identified with President Trump. I think it's incredibly damaging to the gospel and to the church. <laughs> he can't even finish. You give advice. You still give advice. How do they give advice? How do they unwind that? What? Should they do? I don't think it's going to end well. And I think, you know, you look back at, uh, you look back at the Old Testament, the relationship between the prophets and really bad leaders and kings. And oftentimes it was, it's not something you unwind because it's it's actually in the scriptures presented as God's judgment on the false religion of the day. You think Christians today who are embracing President Trump are due for a judgment? I think it is the judgment. I think it is part of the judgment. What, what do you mean by that? To have a leader like Trump, I think, is in itself 
part of, of the indictment that, that this is the leader that you want and maybe deserve that represents a lot of who you are. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if that's the, the take of the whatever the Covenant Community Church that he was the pastor of, you know, for for fifteen years or whatever prior to apostatizing. Was he? Yeah. What the church wanted. Do you know what I mean? So a guy who was Josh the, Harris the judgment of yeah, his church on that church. Oh. He's he's a reflection. So when you have Joshua Harris coming out and wanting to be biblical and prophetic, given the context of who he is, it's he's I think apostatizing. He, yeah. yeah. You you ha- he might have some valid things to say, but he's. He's clearly, I think, now operating from a place of bitterness and obviously anti-Christian. In a, well, well, but, but what is he even like? Do you have a laugh track? Do you uh, just have a here, laugh? I'll give you a That's all that deserves. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you're concerned about damaging the church? Uh-huh. Yeah. A shepherd apostatized, and you, you're concerned about wait, them supporting Trump. Wait, what? And yeah. now you're going to apply? You're going to appeal to the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the judgment of God? Yeah. And you, I, I like it. Like it has meaning. I mean, just I wonder if we ask him. What you just said is yeah. one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Yeah. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, for real. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, I, I mean. It's, What's wrong with you, people? Just to add one more in there, because I, you know, yeah, and I'm, I'm all for that perspective. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not out here just saying, oh, it's Which clear that it, uh, the, the idea that a leader, or the president, could, and, the, and the yeah, leaders yeah. could be, of course, judge, yeah. And so, in but of itself, yeah, in of itself, it's not a horrible platitude to roll right. out. It's always yeah. the specifics. No, that, no, we, right. we, we do get the leaders that we deserve. And we, and, and and we and, and they frequently are the judgment of God right. upon us. Uh, that much is true. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's crazy that Josh is the one who might be, who might be sitting in Romans one, you know what I mean? But by his own appeal, like Josh, you are the judgment of God on the church. That's right. You are bad for the church. Right. You are bad for the gospel. You, and so to talk in some way, like you are, are in some way able Outside to sit in this. some place of yeah. judgment. He wants to speak covenantally on right? this, on this, like you, you just, yeah, you does. gave up the right to do that. Well, and right. just to add to that, if Trump is our judgment, we got him because of you, Josh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yep. If, if that's Trump right. is our judgment and I'll, it's I'll, because of pastors like you, we have right. Trump. If and you're going to make that, that exactly. Yeah. You doing what you yeah. did, you doing ministry like this. And according to you, what'd you say about his book? Uh, oh, and he Come had to do his man. old mea culpa tour with his book that supposedly he ruined so many lives. So here's a guy who was his book, The Judgment of God, on a culture where he. Right. That's what know, he was arguing two years ago. Yeah, right. two years ago, yeah. he goes on this mea culpa tour where he's apologizing yeah. and all these people are saying how he's destroyed their life. And right. now he's worried about Donald Trump destroying the gospel. You know, like he's destroyed <laughs> yeah. lives. According to his own movie, yeah. according to his own testimony. But, yeah. And I'm not even sure his book was that bad yeah i've never as, read as it as bad as he said it I was i should but, have given but, my status here's the other thing to remember i, I read um uh um oh man no uh no what's it called that one book escape from reason by francis schaefer is a fantastic short little booklet on um the what he what he calls sort of this horizon of despair as you reject the standard of god's word and truth and ultimate standard of truth you are slowly 
basically heading toward the only place to head is despair. Yeah. Because there's no rooting. There's no foundation for for life, reality, the truth, yeah. anything. And so it's interesting though that as he's talking this way, like it's like he's 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 fallen down the despair yeah. um hill too and saying there's nothing to do. We're under the judgment of God, which is true. And um we are under the judgment of God for many reasons that he doesn't see. Right. And and Josh, you're under the judgment of God um for leaving um, the church and for apostatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, the, but it's all despair. And I think actually that's what a lot of liberalism is basically built on. It's yeah. built on a fundamental level of despair, um, evolutionary despair. Um, it, it, um, just, there's no, there's no future. Right. There's no ultimate reality. There's no meaning. <laughs> right. And so therefore the best you do with that despair is you try to make it up as you go along yeah. and you're trying to create yeah. a morality. You try to create goodness out of nothing, but you don't, it's, it's actually, I think that's actually Josh's problem. Yeah. I think he gave in to despair. Mm. I think he gave in to despair in his own heart. I think there were sins that he didn't want to fight anymore. He thought it was it was you know Jesus couldn't kill them. Jesus couldn't deliver him. Yeah. Um, and I think he's giving in to despair Perseverance, cult- yeah. culturally, giving in to despair. And this is why um, fundamentally, what the gospel gives is a solid basis for hope. Mm. And that's yeah. why we fight. Right. Also, too, thinking about this presuppositionally, he doesn't get to use those categories. Yeah. By what standard? Oh, well, that's what I was yeah. saying. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, right. he's, he gave, he, like, he appealed to the Old Testament, bro. Yeah, you judgment. What are you talking about? Right, you don't believe right, in that stuff right. no more. And, and I, I think he also just watching. You do see a man who's afflicted. Like he knows he's apostate Absolutely. because even in the rest, of, I, I read uh, this interview, watched a, a brief clip, and he does kind of basically mention that, like, yeah, by all the categories he had, he can't be a Christian anymore. But but it's almost like he still bel- he still knows it's true. Right. He just yeah. he right. just he's haunted it. by it. Now, yeah, right. and so now yeah. he's left it. So I think right. he's he's operating from that position. Uh, that, right. That's pretty terrifying. Which place makes to him be. a very dangerous person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. Is like he's still like talking like he's yeah. somehow friendly to the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, no, you're an enemy. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Well, and as confused as Josh Harris is, that really is also the state of our higher Christian higher education. Oh yeah. Our Christian higher education is incredibly confused. And here's a little clip at Dort College. Be on the screen for you. The first one is sex. And most of these definitions come from Preston Sprinkle's book, Grace and Truth. And so sex simply refers to one's biological sex, which is typically self-evident. More precisely, a person's sex is determined by their sexual, sexual anatomy, reproductive organs, their hormones, and chromosomes. So, in other words, sex it's kindergarten. is biological. It's kindergarten. It's Dort right. College. The next term is gender. And this term is often confused and used in a variety of ways. And some of the ways that it is used is your own internal sense of self, right? Your, your authentic self, who you are on the inside, how you express yourself, so the clothing you wear, the mannerisms you have, uh, the interests you have as well. Also, the cultural expectations for what it be- means to be a man or a woman. Anic gender could refer to one's biological sex. And so if we were to summarize these two terms, as I said, sex is biological and gender oftentimes is understood as cultural or, so- or psychological. Um, <laughs> just let him right. stop there. All right. just, just is, he, is he embracing that? Uh, yes. Okay. Dort College is embracing that. What is, is He's Dort, working from... So, uh, what is Dort College? So Dort College is associated with the Christian Reformed Church. Dutch Reformed. Christian Reformed Church. <laughs> I'm reading it. 
I will read it. <laughs> it was founded in 1955. It's named after the historic Synod of Dort. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Dutch. Uh, <laughs> the Canons of Dort are one of the Dutch. three major confessional statements of Reformed churches. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what Bible yeah. verse did he use? It's, in, it's in Sioux Center, Iowa. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting more and more worried about but, Iowa. And if yeah. you guys remember Calvin College, uh, yeah. we actually ran this clip on our show, I don't know, five months ago, but Calvin College was, the lady was introducing a guest speaker and also mentioned that, hey, there's gender neutral bathrooms in the back here. So male and female bathrooms on the side over here, and then you can walk around to the back. Dude. To the bathroom of your choice in Dude, the back. This, this, the Calvin this, College. This, 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 this stuff is just. What's this guy's name? Insane. I don't know. He was just speaking at their chapel or he was speaking at their chapel i think, I think this was a was chapel, chapel service i did see yeah. that part of yeah, it yeah i'll get everybody ready for the gospel yeah get you fired up right there oh my gracious <laughs> but this is like so uh, public education public higher education particularly has been going down for a long time in flames and i'm just I, it's I in the believe, Christian higher education. I can't education. believe how bad it is in right. Christian higher education. So, so basically, you know, we've been telling you guys, be careful about sending your kids to the universities, the yeah. public universities. You yep. can't just like, it, it. it's a boot camp for secularism. Yep. But turns out Christian colleges, they're right there. You, they're right you're there. on them right all there. the time, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not on the Christian campuses, but on the secular universities. You don't universities, go preach on the Christian campus. They I, need the gospel. I, I actually was debating about hitting up Wheaton, but the way most Christian schools are set up, I can't get in the middle of campus. Like, I'll get like, Tased, you know what I mean? I, I can't Christian get on, campus. on campus. Uh, and, and the the but every the now and then, I will, yeah, I, every now and then, I can have like a public sidewalk. Like, there's another school, and it's funny. There's another school, Central, uh, Central in Pella, Iowa, and they're kind of in the RCA, similar to to the CRC and yeah. going liberal. Uh-huh. And I preach there. I mean, they called every cop in Pella. Uh, like all the message boards of Pella were like crazy preacher. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> and the kids were coming out of the and it was kind of funny because they all stood like 30, 40, 50 feet away. Like they weren't sure what to make of me. But it was this crazy liberalism Then you gradually have like the guys come close and you could have a discussion. And inevitably, it was all this Christian background with the, the creeping liberalism. And wow. and once those underlying assumptions, even like this, like I, I really think the root that we have to go after and we're hitting it on the show all the time. But like that egalitarian root, yeah. it, it just it just colors everything because then everything kind of becomes a flat one yep. and it just becomes madness. So I interact wow. with this stuff every day. This is ins- but the, the, what he's saying that that distinction that he's making between sex and gender. Like that is um, that is denying the God of heaven. Like yeah. we, we, we cannot state it strongly enough. Okay. To, to make gender something that you come up with that culture invents and all these sort of things is denying the authority of the creator, mm-hmm. the, the, the authority of the creator. He, the one who gives you the biological um, body that he gave you, the hormones, the chromosomes, all that, which is, is that's, that is your gender assignment. Yep, right. you, you don't distinguish those things. It was it was the feminists who were trying to make that distinction back in the in the nineteen fifties. Yep. Now our theologians are making it, and now it's you got chapel yep. services in reformed colleges yep. making that distinction. Um, it's defiance. And the thing that people need to get is I I, I got into some fun on the the twitters recently, and um and the one of the things that came at me when I was <laughs> I, I I quoted Rosaria Butterfield and and uh, and you know. Anyways, and it was fun. Uh, and uh, I had a great time. Uh, but I get right into a bunch of Christians that are saying, but this is not primary doctrine. Oh. This is not primary doctrine. Oh. Sexuality, gender, all that stuff is secondary doctrine. We, you know, we, we 
agree on orthodoxy as primary doctrine, like the Nicene Creed. Saved by grace. And he you know, made them. But yeah, as I say, and, and central to that is uh, God's creator. And, exactly. And so, and so That's our, the, our creation theology has to reflect the male-female sort yeah. of thing. And, and our whole current attempt, yeah. you know, at least 150 years or more in the West, we've been seeking to overturn the whole creational aspect. And now you see the fruit of it downstream. So Darwin gets rid of God. Yep. You're able to have it all natural, when and you, now here we are 150 years downstream, and even the church are like, yeah, we don't even have male and female say, anymore. When you say, I believe in one God, creator of heaven, the heavens and the earth, of yeah. all that's seen and unseen, visible right. and invisible, um, you are what you're talking about is Primary creation <laughs> of people, right. male and female, with assignments to be masculine and feminine. And that's uh, um, and the fact that there are cultural expressions of that does not in any degree, destroy the fact that God has created masculinity and femininity, and the expression of that sexuality is from him. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I, I think I at least said it to you guys. Did you see the Mary McAleese, who was like the former president of in Ireland? I, I, believe, I believe I'm pronouncing her name right. But she had a comment basically against infant baptism because of it. It imposes obligations and duties onto somebody that they did not agree to oh and really? so, so yeah so it's really fascinating and so she's like, like yeah, just, uh no uh, uh <laughs> infant infant baptism and so she she's teasing out the implications but what's interesting Who is, is like this girl? uh mary mcaleese i believe is her name and she was the former president of ireland yeah. and she well, was a problem. It, 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 rooted in catholicism in some way but Whoa. what's really fascinating is is she she is self-conscious like no we have to overturn the roman catholicism in our culture and part of that is you infant can't have baptism. any imposition on you including baptism right. that would uh, that is not your own self-expression right. of who you right. are so, so in, in other words um god bless the baptists but to be consistent what you are saying is that this that that your identity is based in your decision right. and your profession to walk with christ mm-hmm. right. which is at least in tension with the fact that God gives God is the sovereign one who creates us, who makes us, who claims us, and who sends us out mm-hmm. as newborn men and women in Christ. Oh, look at the time! And, and uh, are we out? <laughs> and when we baptize him, we're submitting. We're submitting to the sovereign God yep. and saying, "You have claimed my son, my daughter. Yep. He belongs to you. She belongs to you." Yeah, and. It destroys covenant all the way up to the political. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Infant baptism is absolutely political. Yeah. Oh. oh. And on that note, we have Phil Johnson, oh, hey, a Baptist, hey, coming up next hey, across politics. Drinking all his water. I'm going to put my hat on. One <laughs> <laughs> segment. You ready, Phil? <laughs> Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ centered curriculum local like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical, Christian, get connected, get community. It doesn't have. I, I, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. Anymore. It doesn't have the same effect at all. I shouldn't laugh at that. No, no, it doesn't actually. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. This segment is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Mm. If you have been listening to us at all, you know that we've been telling you get your kids home. 
Get them out of public school. <laughs> Get your kids out of public school. Right. You need to teach them. You need to train them. And Classical Conversations is an online-based um, home education program. Uh, comes alongside parents, allows them to teach their kids, um, give them a full orb classical uh, education. It meets once a week. Um, with people in your community, right. there's chapters all over the country. I think maybe all over the world. In LA, there's probably uh, like ten of there's them, probably or fifty maybe. <laughs> uh, classical conversations. Uh, check them out. We're very grateful for their sponsorship. With us on the line right now is Phil Johnson. Phil is the executive director of Grace to You. He has been closely associated with John MacArthur since 1981. Edits. Most of MacArthur's major books, Phil also founded several popular websites, including the Spurgeon Archive, the Hall of Church History, and the Pyromaniacs blog. He is an ordained elder and pastor at Grace Community Church. Uh, he and his wife, Darlene, have three adult children and seven grandchildren. And I think this is his second time on our show. It is. Is that right? It is. Th- thanks Twice. for came back. Thanks that is for, right. Thanks for being on CrossPolitik again, Phil. Thanks for having me. And I also just wanted to give you a special thanks uh, for breaking my server. <laughs> I, what did I do? Well, <laughs> it's, it's your fault, man. I, I About a week ago, I wrote a blog art, uh, post. Uh, and, oh, right. Uh, I, I saw that. I was, and your server went down because I linked to it. Yes. Uh, I, I think you linked to <laughs> it, it like you. four or five times, in fact. <laughs> yeah. I. I had no idea what had happened. I, you know, my somebody says, "Hey, your blog's acting funny," and it was like sort of limping along for a couple hours. And that's when I first I noticed, "Oh, look!" He, and you had actually said something to me on Twitter and thanking me for it. And I was like, "Oh, grand, okay, Phil, link to it." And then a couple hours later, it's gone, like it's dead. I and yeah. I and and then uh, and it took me about oh I don't know twenty four hours or so to get the thing transferred to a brand new server. <laughs> and uh, I know I I was. I was getting emails from people saying you link to this and there's nothing there. Yeah, well, so, you you and me both. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, I, I know that that bothered me a little bit. What's that? And and I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in real trouble. Uh, uh, because, real trouble. You know, I, I, you know, Phil did share that, and I was waiting for a, a onslaught of other people writing articles that were cover fire for that moment, and I didn't see them. Uh, mm, yeah. yeah, you know, and so. Maybe, you know, I, I was concerned because like 15 years ago, there was no way that Dr. MacArthur was going to say something like that. And I have a bunch of friends Come. start firing oh, the same yeah. way oh, like defending and him. defending yeah. him. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I was just surprised. And Phil, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but am I seeing that right? Uh, no, that's probably true. I, it's it's not the first time, though. I think, uh, you know, you recall that uh, when John wrote a series of blog articles yep. criticizing Driscoll's handling of uh, Song of Solomon, yep. kind of the same thing happened. It's like a whole world turned on him and you yeah. had all these young reform guys saying, yeah, just don't listen to him. He's an old man yelling at the young kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> He's past his age and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, that, so that happens occasionally. Um, but it's par for the course, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, it's not it's not the ordinary response we get, but it is when you know when you know you've really stepped on someone's toes. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, when that happens, yeah. So this we is, know this is this is the <laughs> I, I think it was called uh, Beth John MacArthur, Beth Moore, and uh, football or and, something. And, and, yeah, girls uh, getting tackled in football or boys clobbering yeah. girls in yeah. football or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a great article. Great yeah. article, well written too. Thanks. Well, really, really appreciate that. All right, well. 
we want to go back to the beginning of this and and talk through some of this with you. And and we got it. We got an audio clip just to bring everybody up to We're speed. We're going to start out. This is this is just kind of touching your toes. Easy, easy setup for you. Let's begin with an easy one. The word is Beth Moore. Go home. <laughs> That's just so good. So, um, this is the, this is the clip that was apparently heard around the world for like, I don't know, 48 hours, 72 hours. Um, and, uh, everybody goes berserk and, and the thing that, um, you know, there's, of course there's some people who are these sort of died in the wool, Beth Moore fans, feminists, egalitarians, whatever. Yeah. Um, but but really the the striking thing was how many and this is, gets to your question Chuck is is how many people who are um, you know supposedly hardcore complementarians um, who would ordinarily you'd think would be on John MacArthur's team right, on yeah. this and but the the, the flack the, a lot of the, the complaint of course was over the tone of it all yeah right and sort of the methodology of all the 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 context and so a lot of the flack you received was over the format. The, perceived flippancy and disrespect uh, of Beth Moore, getting the audience to laugh and clap. So my question, Phil, is why is it so important for the church to actually speak this way on these crucial issues? Mm, yeah. Well, a few things about that. I, I the It's been a 15-year-long problem, at least, mm-hmm. that I've been aware of, right. that uh, mainstream evangelicals, the, think the worst sin you can commit is to to use a tone that's offensive. The tone you can yeah. you can you can teach or say or do any kind of heresy you want or, or bad behavior or whatever and get by with that. But if you say anything in the wrong tone uh, or a tone that's too shocking or surprising or whatever, uh, then you're going to get a lot of pushback because tone is everything in this postmodern era. Yep. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is I, I kind of understand some of the pushback when all people heard was that little clip. Uh, there's a lot of derisive laughter and all, which, which sounds inappropriate given that's all the context you have. Now you guys have more context yeah. because you've been focused on what scripture teaches about the role of women and, and, and how God has ordered the family and all of that. So you understand that. So the, the phrase go home has a specific sort of reference to second or to, uh, to Timothy or rather Titus, Titus. two verse yep. five, right. which is a women should be, you know, keepers at home. Right. Um, that's, that is what he was referring to. He wasn't just trying to be snide right. and there was more context than that in the conference itself. Um, uh, uh Shortly before that, Justin Peters had done a a message where he, you know, his style is to show video clips and and sort of analyze them. And he'd had a series of clips with Beth Moore exegeting her own dreams and saying some things that were outrageous and bizarre and things that should not be said and taught in the name of Christianity. And uh, so, um, you know, John MacArthur's comment had reference to that as well. There was quite a bit of context, uh, which the people in the conference understood which is why you have laughter rather than outrage uh that's a cross section of evangelicals who were there but they had been they had sat through these messages where Beth Beth Moore's teaching had been critiqued some things had been said that sort of put John MacArthur's comment 
into context. And so it sounds more snide when all you hear is a little 90 second sound bite sure. than it was, you know, when it happened. And, you know, I've known John MacArthur for 40 years. I've never seen him be snide. Right. Uh, he wasn't trying to be flippant there. Right. Uh, but he was asked to give a, you know, one word response. Uh, uh, he used two words, but, uh, right. <laughs> uh, well, it, yeah, that wouldn't be his normal style of, of sure. responding. And in fact, just this past Sunday, he preached an entire message on first Timothy Ooh, two that dealt with the question of the role of women. Right. So that's the context. And anybody who really wants to understand John MacArthur's comment, why he said it, why that came out like it did really needs to, first of all, look at those clips that Justin Peters had just shown yeah. and then listen to John MacArthur's message that he gave just this past Sunday on first right. uh, Timothy two. I, I, I Appreciate all that. And I think it's really significant and important. And I think in terms of, you know, general tone and so on, you know, ministers of the gospel need to be, um, careful and thoughtful. Um, and obviously, um, we're to, we're to honor, uh, women. Um, at, at the same time, you know, you say this is, this is something going on for a few decades. And, and I think, yeah. Talk and, about context. And, and longer <laughs> in, in terms of like yeah. a, a century, a century and a half of, of increasing, yeah, right. increasing feminization of the church. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, this is going back to, you know, Gresham Machen. J. Gresham Machen was calling out the Presbyterians in the 20s. Wow. Um, yeah, well, Spurgeon was in the 19th century. There you go. Uh, you know, Spurgeon, so, was, Spurgeon was chagrined that uh, British pastors were beginning to affect uh, sort of an effeminate tone. Yes. Uh, he mocked Ooh. it and talked about preachers who lift. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's the thing. Fantastic. Is, and, and, but that's the thing is they, they want to have um, – it's sort of the old Pharisee, Pharisee problem. And the Pharisees yeah. have this long tradition of, of disobeying God's word. And at some point, Jesus just makes fun of them. He mocks them. Right. He says, you know, you, you go around in your long robes and your long prayers, and, you know, you think God can hear you because you blow, you know, your trumpet before you do your good works. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and there's a place for godly laughter and mockery of something that you, you know better. You do know better. And don't right. pretend you don't know better. Well, and, right. and, and two, I, I got to give it up to Todd. One of the things that Todd's really good at and is getting people to have a conversation like they're the only few people in the room. Yeah. And he's able to talk to somebody and have a way to talk to them that is just like, it's just us. And he does it in a context that's not typical for uh, uh, formal. It's not formal. It's yeah, very it's, informal. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's people, the fun. That's the fun of it. Yeah. And let's be honest, we don't get a chance to see Dr. MacArthur in those, I mean, like you said, Phil, it's, Hardly ever. That's not his typical way of having conversation with people publicly. Right. And right. Todd is able to say, yeah, it's not his, it's not his style. Yeah, no, that's but, right. But you know what though? That's what makes it amazing and fun is that, wow, we it's, get a chance to experience and see uh, one of somebody who we love and care about having this conversation in a different it's context. Also, it's also what makes it really effective. That's, that was yeah. where I'm going. Because, yeah. because the guy on the street, I mean, the guy on the street is, is not likely to always be brought along by the, the longer, more nuanced, academic explanations yes yeah. and it's yeah. not like we don't have that he actually after that clip he goes on to oh, yeah explains a what he means much longer explanation of it yeah so I, I think part of it too i just want to give like todd a shout out like that's we need more of that kind of mm. table talk the 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 street talk absolutely yeah bring it home from guys who are biblical yeah, yeah. who are accurate and, and now now we didn't play the clip of your response phil no we, we, we could have <laughs> but but it seemed to me like you so you come in right after this and the word you use is narcissist um, and, yeah. and you explain, you know, Beth Moore tries to find herself in the text. That's actually what she says she does. 
and and I'm over here thinking, how come you didn't get like yeah, Twitter jail? How, <laughs> how, how come everybody's upset at MacArthur? And where? I mean, I, it seemed like your response was a lot harsher. Why didn't you get in much as much trouble as Pastor MacArthur? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, John MacArthur said the same thing to me. He said, uh, "Yeah, what you said was," and and I, I suppose that's true. It's uh, you know, I'm I was sitting up there, sort of cringing, knowing, okay, this is going to hit Twitter and it's going to be ugly. Yep, yep. Uh, and I wasn't I wasn't uh, deliberately trying to like fan the flames or get people uh, more agitated, more laughing. Uh, and in fact, I think they stopped laughing like, pretty quickly. Because, no, yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. Everybody went quiet, actually. Like, this is serious. Yeah, people understood, well, well, this is not a joke. This is serious. Yeah. And from that point on, I think the Q&A was pretty good. But but the soundbite that got posted was, you know, that first question and and the short answer. And uh, so it gives, a, it gives a whole different tone to what was actually a pretty serious Q&A. The rest of that Q&A and the Q&A the next day, I, I think we're all... Uh, the sort of thing that, uh, you, you know, are edifying and instructive that no one would have any reason to complain about the tone. But I think the laugh track in the back, that's that's bad. I cringed at that. I, I, I you know, I understand why people laughed because, number one, it's Todd Friel and he's kind of a comedian and he's laughing. <laughs> right, uh, yep, uh, right. Plus, yeah. plus, it is shocking to hear John MacArthur r- r- respond in such a terse way like that. He's usually more wordy but he'd been limited to a one-word response so so So, it was shocking and and for a moment funny but the laughter died away immediately when people realized no no this is serious and they're making an important point and it is an important point and i I hate for it to get lost in questions about tone you know right so so phil it seems like we're suffering i mean the reason the reason we got women you know in cringing or creeping in on church leadership uh, it's more than cringing it's encouraging but but phil Sorry, it phil. seems like this this whole scenario illustrates like a real problem of of pastors being courageous and and so when pastors yeah, are no, courageous it true. makes it really easy for women to think oh i can do that it doesn't take any courage to be in the pulpit Right, but you, but you, we've seen that trend, and I know you guys uh, have uh, coming from you. Uh, there have been comments about this and all that. We've all seen this. Mm-hmm. The feminization of the church uh, has been a problem. I've been speaking about it for at least fifteen years, mm-hmm. and so have yeah. you guys. Yeah. Pointing out that uh, the church is becoming more and more of a feminine place uh, in a way that that really becomes repulsive to men. It chases them off but because you're asking men to act like women mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and giving the impression that this is how to be spiritual. Right. Um, and, and the church is suffering because of it. And men are sort of stepping out of leadership or being timid when they ought to be bold. Uh, and even, as you said, I think you said earlier, even some of these guys who self identify as complementarians, they act as bad as the egalitarians when yeah. an issue like this comes up. Hey, hey, funny you should bring hey, that up. Hey, hey, we got some other clips for you on that. Way to go, Phil. Way to tee it up. Hang on here. This okay. is uh, Jen Wilkin. <laughs> Good, got it. You know, one of the most important things that I do when I travel around the country and teach the Bible is actually not that I teach the Bible. It's that I show up looking like a woman and teach the Bible. Because a lot of women only see men do that. 
So do you know how they perceive themselves as students of the Bible? They don't. They see that as a passive learning environment where I take in what someone else has told me the text says. We need women in visible leadership places. Oh, so, uh, so Phil, what do you think? <laughs> All right, so let me be kind to her in a way that John MacArthur's critics have not been kind to him yeah. oh. and say that in a certain context, I could agree with everything she said there. I do think there's a role for women to teach in the church. Scripture says that older women are to teach the younger women. Yeah. Now, that's also Titus too. Right. So, so I and I do think it's important for women to to take doctrine seriously, to teach and learn one another in, in a biblical context. So everything she said there is true, uh, as long as you don't throw uh, the entire church in the mix. And, and if she's talking about that, what she wants to do is you know teach the teach the men as well. Then I think she's overstepped the bounds of what scripture permits for teachers and leadership in the church. So Phil, if I was to tell you one one of the most important things that I do when I go out and teach is not that I teach the Bible, it's that I teach the Bible as a black man. Mm-hmm. How does that ring in your ears? Does it really does it ring the same way? Is that fair enough or is it like something else creeping yeah, in on I that? Yeah, I think Again, I, I want to be charitable to her as to context. If she is, if she's recognizing what I think really is a problem, that uh, in a lot of women's groups in the church, uh, you have a lot of storytelling and sure. and superficial, you know, how to make how to make crafts and all that sort of thing. That isn't what Scripture is telling women to do in Titus two. It's telling them to well, teach tell one another in a home. serious way. Yeah. It is telling them how to well, make homes. Right. And, and let's be honest, that's coming from women <laughs> right right the, the pastor and i yeah, sit up there and right. say hey let's make sure we have craft time for women that's the women's ministry deciding what they want to do for women that's not coming from the man if it was yeah. a man it'd say hey let's sit down here and have a bible study we're not gonna sit down and show women how to right. do crafts yeah you know so it's, right. it's funny yeah. that that's coming from what she says they don't want it, yeah, yeah. It's, well. it seems to me though that like this actually ties in a little bit with so one of those uh, right after the, the the clip that we played the go home clip yeah. um, John MacArthur gets back on and 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 points out the fact that um, it, what was it like some new like Bible translation committee is yeah. committed to having like a, a a black person and a woman on the next translation yeah. committee right, right, right. and says how about we have people that know Hebrew and Greek right yeah <laughs> and. Um, but it, but it seems to me that some of what Jen is saying here, and I, I really do want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, the idea that a woman only hearing teaching from men, um, that there's some like automatic deficiency in that, that, that being yeah. taught no, by men you're right. is, is that, that, that they're only passive if, if men are teaching. I mean, that's how, have that that's, how, that's how God set up the churches, that men are the ordinary teachers of the word. Now, yes, there is a Titus 2 place, but it seems to me that Chalk's not, right. I mean, if, if, if I say, well, you know, unless somebody looks just like me, like, I'm sorry, Chalk, but only if, if, if it's only when white preachers preach to me yeah, that, that you can th- hear them. That <laughs> I, I, I can actually hear them. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I, I'm, and I just got hung out to dry there. I'm a racist. I'm white. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We've always known that. You got another- yep. Got another clip here. Third, we need their visible leadership. How visible? As visible as your church's complementarianism allows. The more restrictively you read the scriptures, the more focus you should give to cultivating women leaders in the areas that your interpretation does allow. 
we need to make participation as easy as possible for women in leadership. We need to look for ways that they can flourish and be visible. Why? Why is it important for us to have them in visible leadership? I would argue that it is very important for the next generation of women who are coming along, but don't miss this. It's equally important for the next generation of men. And to you, Phil. (laughs) Yeah, that last line kind of threw me. I'm not sure what she has in mind there, except that it sounds like she's trying to argue for. And and let me say this, too. As far as context is concerned, all I know how to listen to that is in the context of how our culture currently talks and how people use this sort of language and these sorts of arguments. But it sounds to me. given that context and maybe that's not the, her context, but you know, take that sound bite and listen to it in the context of where our culture is going and, and, and where the evangelical subculture is going. Yeah. It sounds like she's arguing for a gradual uh, evolution away from complementarianism. She's yeah. like, I'm okay with it now, but you got to push the limits, keep pushing the limits because that's important, not for this next generation of men or women, but for the next generation of men, right. maybe we can turn them more milk toasty <laughs> so that, you know, yeah. they'll drop their complementarianism. Like commercial. I, I don't know that that's what she's saying, but I'll bet you that's how a lot of people hear it. Well, and that's where and it leads. Think, yeah. 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 And, and, that's, and the thing that I, that bothered me about that one though, was that, how much should we have women in positions of power and leadership in the church according to how much your complementarianism allows you to as, do it? As much as your church it, it, will allow. And so I'm thinking to myself, what about what the scriptures yeah, actually say yeah. about that particular it, issue? It, I mean, it completely relativizes. I mean, as much as your interpretation will allow. So if you're all the way on the yeah, fringe of women deacons. Yeah. Go ahead, Phil. Exactly. That's why I think she is arguing. It sounds like she's arguing for the limits to be gradually broadened until we get rid of complementarianism mm-hmm. altogether. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, now, here's a question. And, so- and honestly, I think that's a way of, uh, that is the very direction a lot of self-identified complementarians are moving. The right. soft complementarians that's who right. are right. the same as yesterday's egalitarians. It seems yes. to me, Phil, that a lot of, a lot of our, I think, I think you're absolutely right, but a lot of these soft complementarians sort of technically check the boxes and say, you know, Ephesians 5, Titus 2, 1 Timothy 2, yeah. they technically check the boxes, but then they go on to say things like this, which I think completely sort of relativizes what they even mean, which is, I think, essentially puts us in a, in a position of new, a, a sort of new liberalism, um, yeah. where, you yeah. know, I mean, remember liberalism is, is basically, you know, we believe the same thing you do. We believe the same creed and so on, but they've basically, it's basically a real soft Mormonism. Like they don't believe the same thing by those words. I believe <laughs> yeah. in Jesus. I believe in God, whatever. But what they mean by it is something entirely different. And so I, I that's, that's the danger that I'm seeing. Do, do you see that too? Yeah, I do. And, and there are certain issues that sort of become, you know, bellwethers for uh, how conservative you are. Uh, inerrancy for example right. and you, you watch the inerrancy discussions and this this sort of comes around every 20 years or so with each new generation we fight the same battles over uh and people know that you know inerrancy is sort of uh it's a it's a badge of orthodoxy in the eyes of most people as it as it should be so people will profess to be inerrantists right 
and yet define inerrancy in a way that gives them as much wiggle room as they can possibly mm-hmm. get. Yep. And what people have done for ages with inerrancy, that's what they're doing with complementarianism now. They're saying, well, I, yes, I'm a complementarian, but here's all my wiggle room. Right. As, and, as far and, as my interpretation will allow yeah, me. Exactly. Right. Sorry. So, so, uh, Bishop Johnson, you, you got, you got three options here. Uh, you can listen to another clip, run because your pastor got things to do, or talk about how Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Boy, that's a, I'm, I'm tempted just to spin the wheel and find out. Where it comes. Play another clip. Here we go. Women are going to have eyes for the powerless. Not only that, but in the counseling room, a woman who is in an abusive situation is not going to open up to two elders because she already doesn't trust men. She's being abused by one. She won't even report what's happening to you in terms you can diagnose. She might say, well, he has an anger problem. And then we too often respond with, well, what are you doing? Like, what's your role in that? Where's your sin in this? Assuming that there's some equal balance of responsibility that's going on there. And when we say that to her, we have just told her exactly what her abuser has been telling her. You know why I get angry at you? You make me. You know who she's more likely to tell her story to? A woman. And not necessarily just your wife. A woman who has formal authority to speak into the process, who can be a true advocate for her. And Phil Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, all this stuff makes me nervous. I mean, I will (laughs) readily admit that uh, historically, uh, men in general haven't done a great job uh, with, with what's one of their main duties, and that is guarding the the purity and and dignity of women. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no question you could point out a lot of abuses that have gone on even in the church. Yeah. Uh, And there are some shameful ones that have made, you know, lots of publicity to use that though, as a, as a, an excuse to overturn the biblical order is, is dangerous. And you can see the effects of it. If you look at some of these blogs that are devoted solely to uh, victim advocacy. They call themselves survivors, the right. survivor blogs, right. uh, where they will take any accusation in, in absolute defiance of the clear biblical principles of what to do with accusations. Yeah. They will take any accusation and treat it as a fact. I, I've been accused of all kinds of things that are simply untrue mm-hmm. just because I've said to some of the, in some of the contexts of the survivor blogs, look, there's no evidence of this thing that you're claiming you, you need the evidence you, in the mouth of two or three witnesses. You have to establish this thing right. before you can put it out on the internet and yeah. ruin a man's reputation. That's right. Right. You know, what, but go ahead, the evangelical women and the survivor blogs have followed the me too culture That's right. where pretty mm-hmm. much any accusation is treated as fact. That's yep. right. If, if I'm a chef, and, and that's what scares me about that kind of rhetoric. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah that. Well, and, and notice though, it's it's pl- it's using the victim thing. Yeah, and it, but it's not just ending there. It's driving towards requiring. It's not enough just to have a woman. It has to be a woman who's been endowed with authority. Yeah, right. That's right. what she said. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And here's here's the deal. Yep. If I'm a shepherd, and I got sheep dogs that aren't doing their jobs. What I don't do is go grab the sheep to say, you could be better. You're a victim. You know what it's like to go ahead and protect the sheep. No, I get rid of the bad yeah. sheep dogs. Yeah. Right. And I get some dogs that know how to bark and know how to bite and yeah. protect the we, sheep. We need good elders. We need the yeah. problem. And so right. and notice what they're doing, though. They're, they're, they're saying that the elders, 
they can't do their job well. So right. therefore, let, let's now put up since the they won't talk to the elders. Right. That's not how God is. We have a system to get rid of bad elders. <laughs> right. It's yeah, not- you know what all these things have in common? They are examples of uh, evangelicals imitating the flow of culture. That's right. Uh, and uh, pretty much every major problem that I've ever attacked in print or called out in the church goes back to that same thing. And evangelicals have this pathological quest for uh, earning the respect of the secular academy or or the entertainment <laughs> world or, you know, they have to be cool and yeah. and uh, trying to please the world. And yeah, we forget right. that, look, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Francis Schaeffer said that the church tends to master on being behind culture. And uh, yeah. one of the things that that quote made me think of is like, well, at some point you get so far behind culture, you become irrelevant. Yeah. And and that's what's happening in the church. And so what that creates is a vacuum for women like Jen Wilkin to come up and start stepping up and say, hey, we need to be doing it this new way. My wife heard this clip, too, and she almost broke my monitor because she threw something at the screen. She was like, <laughs> uh, she, she, my wife, she don't play this mess. She's like, I want to know who these ladies' friends are. Yeah. She's like, because we act like we don't talk. Yeah. We act like we don't have somebody that we share things with. Right. You know, we have like we don't have ability to communicate with each other that would make it to the top. It's like, there's no way that my cousin and if we've we've had these issues in our house where something has gone wrong, some abuse has happened, right. and the cousins get to talking, the girl cousins. Yeah. The guys find out about it, problem fixed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the girls they, are just talking. They just talking. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm I'm telling my husband. Yeah. And and it gets and so it's not like we don't have the ways to this right. this is not natural. This, this is yeah, they're, yeah. they're making this is not true. So okay. Yeah. So, One more clip here. Oh, One more okay. clip. Yep. What I want us to have is a recaptured vision for the church as the family of God. And too often within our churches, though we may speak the language of family, we operate as a single parent authoritarian home where the father makes the rules and the children all get in line. But if the church is the family of God, it's a place where there are fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. And the kingdom advances when they work together. Who's arguing that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my my response is, I wish she could come and just spend a month at our church. Yeah. Mm. Uh, she would see how it's supposed to work. And, and and we don't have a lot of angry women who feel like they should have more authority than they do because our elders fulfill their function. Right. Uh, they all have wives. And, and uh, you know, the women on our church, you don't hear them complaining like this. That's because they're oppressed and don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> Also with this, though, if she's arguing for the family of God, the way the family of God is set up in structure is antithetical to what she's arguing. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that's right. That's exactly that, right. So you can't. She's talking out of both sides. You well, can't say you want the family of God. She's trying to take norms of the biological family and then use that to run roughshod over what God has said. The spiritual family is supposed to function as. Yeah. Yeah. She's, but, but pagans even get this right in a lot of ways that we don't. Yeah. You know, pagans get the families in some ways right. It's like, well, um, he's my king. I'm going to submit to my king. I'm his queen. And they are the subjects. You know, yeah. there's a structure they get. Right. If you're going to talk about this as the family of God, then let's go to how the family of God operates. You have Jesus Christ as the head of the church. Um, and follow, the, follow my word. Yeah. It's right, right here in the it's Bible. Right yeah. oh, submit and obey husbands. 
um, Adam, the head the, of the house. Adam's the head of the house. Wife the submits wife. to her husband, right? Yep. right? Uh, Children submit. To, there's a struggle. That's what they want to. Obli- that's she's talking about this, like flattening it all right. out, right? Yeah. As if the family of God is everybody gets to have a say so in all of this, and if they don't, that they don't know how to rule right, and if somebody's right. oppressed, but that's but, not how the family of God works. But Paul, yeah. Paul said something like, "It's shameful for a woman to speak in church." Ooh. Message. Message. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Now, David, you said your wife said. Uh, she wondered if these women have any friends. Uh, my question is, where are their husbands? Yeah. Oh. It, it, That's right. It, and in That's fact, exactly it, right. in pretty much every case where you find these these women who are begging for more power and, and wanting to speak and all that, where are their husbands? Yeah. They, they seem to hide in the shadows and carry the baggage for their wives and all that. In a, oh. in a family that's operating mm. the way it should... Uh, I mean, if you met my wife, you would say she is not a shrinking violet. She's not a, a timid woman. I've heard about your uh, wife. She submits, <laughs> she submits to me, and I listen to her. Yep, yep. And that's the way it ought to be. Right. Yep. Last thing. After John MacArthur's comment, Beth Moore, go home. I just go home, actually. J.D. Greer gets up on Twitter and decides to say, Beth Moore, you're welcome in our house anytime. I just want to give you the opportunity to respond to that. Well, I'll let my wife's comment stand. She said, I wonder if he asked his wife before he said that. Message. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, hey, I just want to thank you for joining us uh, on this particular segment. We know we got you in a whole lot of trouble, and so we're very happy about that. Yeah. I, my server is ready now. If, if, if you need to share any of this, it's okay. My server can take it. All right. Hey, more cross politics when we come back. Thanks, Phil. If you need a little red meat in your diet, Pastor Doug Wilson. The word conserve is a transitive verb, and there's no virtue or vice in any transitive verb. So you love, but what do you love? God? Ice cream? Child porn? The church you were baptized in? Your favorite pair of jeans? So you conserve, but what is it that you want to conserve? The Kremlin Old Guard? Redwoods? Your stock options? The legacy of the first Christendom? Same with progress. You want to progress? Great. Where? To what end? By what standard? To enjoy more red meat of this kind, check out the podcast on iTunes or for more blogging of this particular nature, blog and may blog at dougwills.com. Kind of sticks in your teeth, don't it? You know, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't make coffee, guys. No, it's okay. You're but, not sorry enough. Well, not, not enough. But do you have to, like, put that thing right there on the table just to rub it in? Could you not at least? No, oh, at oh, Starbucks. Oh, that's oh, over. Oh, that's that's over. You're fired, Toby. I just fired you. <laughs> we'll figure it out on the show. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> That hurts my heart. So that, hey, guys, don't be like that. Don't be like Welcome that. back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. If you join the club, you too could do this with your <laughs> That's just mean. And this segment is brought to you by Ely Construction. Hey. Ely Construction is looking for Man. a new construction lead. This is a job here in Moscow, Idaho. It's a job for a man. Oh. 
and a manly man at that who is not confused about his gender so and Ely sexuality. Sexist, huh? Oh, he's straight up sexist. Okay. <laughs> yes, he is gloriously <laughs> sexist. They're going to have an EOC or whatever, an equal opportunity employer coming down on Eli construction <laughs> <laughs> because of the ad gone wild. We. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. We got warriors, y'all. We got warriors. I'm guessing he's white too. Yeah. If you have ten plus years of full time residential construction experience, love remodeling, and would consider moving to the town recently, blah, 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 blah. Ely Construction is a lead carpenter position for you to consider. Elyconstruction.com forward slash lead. Go there for details. E A L Y. Don't we usually Ely have a little thing on the back of the okay. oh, hammer? The not hammer today. thing. Not today. Yeah. If Sorry. you're a master craftsman, you want to live in Moscow. If you're humble, hungry, people uh, smart. Man. If you want to innovate with excellence and remodeling, apply today. And if you're a man. Yeah, he ain't got no jobs for women. Go to E-A-L-Y-Construction.com forward slash L-E-A-D. Mm. Very good. There, I did it, guys. Well done. We did it. Are we going to Are we gonna tee this up? <laughs> are we just gonna push are you serious? Okay, We're okay. doing this live. Okay. Push. We're doing this live. Okay. We're doing this live. So. Just recently, Paula White, if you don't know who she is. One of the best yeah. preachers in the country. One of the best female <laughs> pastor preachers in the country. Yeah. Trump, Trump, who is also now advisor to Trump and just got uh, put into a position of uh, White uh, staff, House. White House staff. White House yeah, staff. So, yeah. okay. She's longtime spiritual advisor yes. of, uh, to, of to, Trump. Yeah. Joined the White House staff last week to lead the Faith and Opportunity Initiative, which is a division of the Office of Public Liaison. She's a czar. Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay, all right. Her role, role will primarily be to solicit input from religious groups on White House initiatives and to maintain Trump's strong ties to the religious leaders who support him, saith CNN Politics. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of a taste of who she is and how her preaching goes and how, how <laughs> profound it is, hit it, Gabe. Wherever I go, God rules. Duh. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. I had every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there, and where I stand is holy. <laughs> I love the edit of this video. To say no to President Trump would be saying no to God. And, and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. Let every demonic network that has aligned itself against ABC. the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, CNN. let it be broken, let it be torn down in the name of Amen. Jesus. Tell me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of okay, Lords. Can, I'm just right. right. You get the idea. Uh, she I'm downloading heaven. Look at that. She's downloading heaven. She's downloading heaven. She's got a little swag when she's walking where I walk and she's I got know. that little, she's got a little I see you got a little some of that too. You know, when I do my thing, yeah. Oh, somebody give me a two thousand dollar offering. Okay, so that's Paula White. Please so, write your text to Chocolate Knox Ministries. Is, is, she, is she is she like health and wealth? She is absolutely oh, prosperity yeah. gospel uh, preacher. Like, I, you showed me a clip yesterday when we were talking about this about her like and make your checks out to Paula White. Right, right. Yeah. And she just that was at her church. I think a church she had planted. Okay. She, instead of making it out to the church, she said, "Today you're gonna make them out to Paula White." Yeah. I was like. She's like, oh. and I decide what I decide to do with the church. You know, that's a whole other thing. You know what I'm saying? But you go ahead and write them names out of the public. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, she says something like, you know, I, I just know that, you know, there's a special blessing. Yeah. And, like, well, of course, that just comes with And she said, whether it's $10 or $10,000 yeah. or $100,000. Right. Yeah. right. And so that. Paula White has been a well-known name, especially in uh, the charismatic movement, black why, churches especially. Why um, Why would Donald Trump be interested in this woman? Uh, I, you know what? I can't. I think the same reason Trump's interested in anybody who'll support him. I think that's what a like. You well, support me? I don't think. I mean, she probably wears the same. She's has the a same platform. gaudy, 
gold toilet that he got or Don't, whatever. And so I think that's I, part I, of it. I, I, yeah, so I think, yeah, he, she's up his alley. He's, well, he's pretty gaudy in his aesthetic. And so is she. And she can fill she up fit, stadiums. Mm-hmm. Paula White. Can, can has, she? Yes, yeah, she can fill up stadiums. Paula White has been known as, and T.D. Jakes has called her this, my spiritual daughter. And she considers him her spiritual father. And so he's, really? he signed off on her a long time ago. And she's been in, and she preaches, she preaches like, you know, like she's in the circle. She can throw down with this organ if she got to. You know, she know how to work that that crowd. So she's she's in. She's been so in for a long time. Are you, are you saying specifically like in black churches? Yes, absolutely. In, in the black church, Paula White's always had the. She's she's got the pass. She's had the pass. She's got a black card. She she's yes, yes. She she gets invited. You don't even have There's that. not a whole lot of people to get invited to make a fest to speak. Yeah. Paula White gets that invite. Okay, what's Mega is, Fest? Is, is Mega Fest? Is that like so? Mega Fest? Oh my goodness! We don't have enough time. <laughs> Mega Fest. TD Jakes would put on. I don't know if he's still doing them. I have to go check and see. But he would put on an event, take over a whole city like Atlanta. Okay. And invite basically everything Christian from music to preachers to family event uh, movies. The whole night would come and just descend on one city and have everybody there from the nation and do a like a thing for, for a week a conference. Okay. And it would just take over a full city. Hmm. Uh, and so Atlanta was the last place I remember being. We're um, talking like tens of thousands of people. Oh, yes, Basically easily. charismatic Lollapalooza. Then. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And they would take over. I mean, but in everything, business, it wasn't just preaching. It huh. was across the board, entertainment, huh. business. They would take over the whole city and show what it was like when Christians come into town. Huh. If you want our business, Atlanta, open up. And they would bend over backwards to have mega fest in their city really yes and so okay. td jakes would put on mega fest it, and it was i mean like so how you said charismatic like is like how charismatic? i mean are these christians yeah absolutely uh like, td jakes is not well he's not orthodox not orthodox no he's his trinitarian there was an elephant room too yeah that was done and i remember vody bakken was supposed to be at that one Okay. And he wasn't ready to sign off on TD Jakes and that whole thing, and so somehow he didn't make it into uh, it. He was getting his remember. manicure. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they probably, <laughs> they probably no. Oh, maybe they was that the one where the the maybe, McDonald guy, McDonald, like, the, the guy who like won the knockoff, like the yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. You, mean, you yeah. mean they didn't invite him? You think so, they no, just no, invited Jakes him? was invited, but he wasn't ready just to sign off. He was going to put but, some screws Vody on. Vody didn't show up because he wasn't ready. He was going to say some stuff that they didn't want to say. Yeah. In the so Vody wasn't allowed. You to mean be people on that do panel. that? So 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 that that was. There's a whole bunch You're of stuff the elephant that room and You can't say what the big elephant this is, is in this the room. Is a gentle <laughs> elephant room. <laughs> this was about inclusion. This was about inclusion. Actually, sounds like a Beth Moore elephant room. At this time, Eric Mason was one of the guys that I really respected because there was few reformed black churches. Right. Um, and he was one of the guys I was looking at is like, that's a biblically re- reformed church right. and thinking biblically, why in the world is he signing off on TD Jakes? I was at wretched at this time. Okay. And I got in a conversation with him on Twitter. He blocked me. Eric Mason. Eric Mason blocked oh. me, refused to engage anymore in the top conversation because I said, do you, you know, he's even if you embrace his theology on the Trinity or you say he got it wrong, he didn't understand it. He's got a ton of other things that put him outside of eth- uh, uh, orthodoxy. Really? And so there, okay. yeah, his word of faith stuff, and he wants to claim he's not word of faith, but his preaching stuff is still word of faith. That, that's, that's what's really interesting about word of faith uh, circles, um, charismatic preaching and some of the black church. It's just inherent in the system, yeah. right. even though they yeah. might not say that. So they, they see somebody else is more extreme on it. And they'd be like, well, I'm not that. Yeah, exactly. But, and they want to talk against that, but yet. They, okay, so why does this all matter? So what, to matters, Paula White? what matters is because so Paul, two years ago. So after seeing Paula White, this recently just happened with her and president Trump. But she's been advising him for a long time. Yeah. He's now it's official. Yeah. But I remember, uh, and everybody was all upset that Paula White's going to be there. This is how crazy she is. And you know, she is crazy. crazy. Um, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Uh, she's off. But I remember that she was at least 
gutsy enough two years ago to sit down in front of her constituents with T.D. Jakes on a panel right. to have a fight about why she was supporting Trump. So that's interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm so I'm She has everything that. to lose. So, she, so she's gung-ho Trump. Right. But most of her constituency is not very much opposed very much opposed like and i mean think of all everything we hear on the news all day long right, i right. mean i mean was it you know to and all these other people telling us that like you know voting for trump is like voting against the black community right right yeah exactly and a lot of people that she talks to a lot of people she reached now she does have a white audience too yeah. but she's a dear one okay. inside of the black okay. community for so sure. she's, i've yet to meet <laughs> one white person that listens to her yeah I, just, I was just quiet for a little bit. I was just gonna say something. Just throw out you know, Felt neglected, y'all. Just to help you in the in the clip, you're gonna see one white guy on stage, okay. uh, right. and at least a few in the audience. Okay. Okay. So that, okay. help is he gay? Uh, uh, that's yet to be determined. He is a Catholic priest, so we don't Uh-oh. know. Uh oh. <laughs> there are things coming up this week that will be spent a three hour meeting with clergy with voices on issues. Well, they're comfortable with the direction this administration is taking as a Christian. Um, in, See the guy from the punch? That's a, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there might guys, be elements, but I mean, overall. Off, Bishop Jakes is my spiritual father and I always honor and respect him. And I'm not comfortable with a lot of things, Bishop. I'm not comfortable with a lot of things, but I go back to saying that if that were a Democrat administration, if that were a Republican administration, I probably, as a person, am going to find fault with both because if it's not in alignment with what I see as the infallible word of God, I'm not going to be in agreement with it. I really want to, to, to discuss what she just said. It is a narrative that is heralded over the pulpits all over America that the welfare of the poor should be provided by the church. Okay? That is the narrative. Paula didn't go that far with it, but that is the narrative that we are told and taught consistently. If you just do the math, if you just do the math, if you take the gross national income of all the churches in America, if we didn't pay the mortgage, if we didn't pay the staff, if we didn't pay the light bill, and took all of our money and gave it all away to the poor and, and became homeless to feed them, we still don't have the money when we are taking 10% of a few people's income and they're taking 35% of everybody's income, I'd be that gone if I should have to feed everybody by myself. Wow. So, wow. So Did we play that before? We haven't played that. We never got around to playing this I, clip two years I ago. I remember that yeah. when we two talked years? about this yes. a couple years ago. Okay. So, oh, there's so much there. So much. I want to start at this point. So right now I'm working on the film By What Standard um, with uh, Founders. Founders Ministry. Is that Tom a presuppositional film? Uh, basically. Uh, <laughs> 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 but one of the things that have been amazing to watch is men who have been leaders that we know to be leaders who have backed out when it comes time to fight and when it comes time to fight among, amongst their constituents, right? Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> and here it is. Paula white yeah. has way more balls than half these guys. Ooh, that's good. I, I didn't know. I didn't I mean, if I didn't know, I would just say, Oh look, they're having an interesting conversation. There's this, this black dude and there's this white girl, but this yours, is a hostile environment but, but for you, her. You got to understand. She says it on there. She says, you're my spiritual father. Right. And okay, we can set all the theological stuff, to the side, 
momentarily not orthodox right. got all kinds right. of right. theological well, problems all that stuff. she shouldn't be preaching yes yeah. all that and she's kind of crazy yep <laughs> but there in that place she is standing up to yes her, a father in the faith right or in her faith yeah um and and they're having a real argument about real stuff yeah right there on stage for for millions and she's willing to take the audience Given her major, because you obviously that audience does not agree with her. Yeah, right. she has a lot to lose. She has. They are paying for her jet. Yeah, you understand, right? And I don't know half the pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention or the the guys that I that, that said they were going. You can find out the list of guys who ain't on the film no more. Go to Cindy Doc, doc Go to the Cindy Doc and look down there and see the guys who said they're going to be on the film. They don't have nobody paying for their jet, right? And they and, still won't get up well, and have this conversation. Well, is, do you think it's because and they're orthodox? But do, do you think it's because she's she's she can afford to lose their support, and so and so she's got enough money in the bank? Uh, no, I don't think she can because I don't. One of the things that is, is those people have to continue to make their incomes residual. Right. They don't have any other form. You start getting people. Yeah. So you're to, saying she, you just don't think she cares? I I think no. For her, I think she absolutely does care about the people that she's talking to. As crazy as she is, as far as she is, I think she does care. Right. And she wants to see them do better. And she feels like this might be a way. To, I don't think it's just like. But she actually believes what she thinks. Yes. And she's willing to stick her neck out. Yes. And, 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 and are and, there any, is there anybody in the SBC that's willing to do that? Tom Askell. Yeah. Founders Ministry. Jared Longshore. Yeah. Mm. But Tom Nettles. Is, I mean, but not in the PCA. I know. What's the guy's name that we had on the show? That was Steve Warhurst. Yeah, yeah, but Steve Warhurst, yeah. you know, and I say this, and I love that dude because he's out there, he's fighting. Yeah. But you know, part of it is that they hadn't been going to general assemblies, right? Right. And and this is the one of the things well, that's that kind of what happened Southern Baptist. Well, the good, all, I, I the good churches big, stuff big is, even in the context of TD Jakes, like he's willing to mix it up. Like for the most part, in the that's PCA, right? Like or like that's like let's have the conversation. you go to have the debate. It's like no, you know what I mean. So. Tom Friel asks a question of John MacArthur. Yes. Everybody laughs and right. everybody freaks. Yeah. Right. And, and everyone backs and, and away. Everybody gets soft. And, and, and I do think there is an element like we're not like PCA. I don't know the SBC well enough, but there is there is like that certain level of upper middle class white morality that is like, here's our window. Here's proper discussion. Here's what right. we can that's true. Here's what we can have. Here's the I don't think TD Jake's is sitting there like, oh, I'm an overeducated well, white guy. And here's well, a discussion no, he's I can taking have. the question, Mike, and I, holding on to it and having a dialogue right. with the people. That's because that's Papa. I, I do. Yeah, what, I think Papa. you're absolutely hitting on something. Yeah. One of the things that black people and black culture sees is certain type of conversations like we know we don't talk like that and we know you're being PC with us. Stop with the BS and let's talk like right. we really talk for real. And that's and that's what I was trying to bring out with Phil yeah. with, with, with earlier, because talking to him about, uh, yes, is there a place for the carefully nuanced make your case? Yeah. Sure. Is there a place for um, Christian higher academia? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there a place for a systematic theology? Absolutely. But there's also a really, really important place <laughs> For pastors to bring it down to the street. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and you even look at the last two administrations, hope and change. That's all Obama rolled out. Yeah. And then uh, Trump had MAGA. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. And, and like, there was a simple element to the message that everybody could grasp on immediately. You didn't have oh, yeah. a thousand pages of nuancing. We're like, what is no. this guy even talking about at this I've, point? Yeah. yeah. No, it ha but it has to. And, and the, the thing that pastors got to get is if you don't get it to the ground level, you failed. Yeah, that's right. You that's have right. to speak to the car mechanic. You have yep. to speak to the builder. You have yep. to speak to the painter. You got to speak to the people where they are, yep. which yep. means you're going to have to say things like go home. 
Yeah. And then we all laugh and we clap and we say, yeah, that's the message. And they yeah. say, yeah. but it wasn't nuanced. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's failure to pastor to nuance. That's yeah, exactly that's right. right. Which is no quarter and, November. And, and, right. and, that's, and that's how you end up neutering people. Because So the basic idea is you'll preach at this level, which it becomes this nuanced thing where the guy in the... So, for yeah, example, that we played earlier from the door. Yeah, yeah, like the guy who's a car mechanic, I mean, to get a sermon on gender and yeah. sex, he's like, what is... Are you, you stupid? got balls, you're a man. You're right. a man. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's like basic. I, and right. So, so I, yeah, the, the, I think the, the, the aspect of what I've experienced in the PSA is broadly this academic-y sort of preaching that's nuanced to, like, let's try yeah. to bring people along that just aren't there. And this, and this is why we need to—I re- mean, in order to recover masculinity in the church, yeah. it's going to mean looking at someone like Jen Wilkin and saying, you need to stop. Yeah. No, no, I, you need to stop. Yeah. And, and you say, well, she crosses the T's and dots the I's here, and she's really helpful over here, and this kind of thing. No, she's not being helpful. She needs to be stopped. Yeah. She, she's bringing the poison in. Does she mean to? No, absolutely doesn't mean to. Yeah. Could, could, could I worship alongside her on a Sunday morning? Sure, I could. Yeah. But we have to recognize that it's our friends that are messing this up. That's right. Yeah. It's people who are right next to with us. all kinds of good intentions. With good intentions. They mean well, and, and, I, and I don't mean them any ill will. Real men need to stand up and say, no, this is, you're messing it up. Yeah. And, and you say, well, to hell with the nuance. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's not the point. The point is we have hordes of unbelief pouring into the church right, right. now. You got people, you got, did you guys see this list? You remember the Steve Warhurst? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He gave that speech at, at, at GA yeah. Yeah. Right. in support of this minority report against the revoice stuff. And the most calm, the most placid, gentle, gentleman, lead you know response ever reading bible verses basically over it was interrupted for being out of order for some reason and then afterwards because the the moderator let him continue he was protested for allowing what was it the moderator was protested intemperate language on the floor gotta watch this thing and 200 pca pastors voted in favor of that uh, put their names on that protest saying that he was using intemperate language that is insane yeah right that those those two hundred pastors should be utterly ashamed of themselves. But that, yeah. but that yeah. tells you how bad it is. It tells you how bad it is in the yeah. PCA, right? Yeah. Right. And it, because of what it means is that you have to stand up to people like Wesley Hill and Greg Johnson and Nate Collins yeah. and say this is another religion. That's right. Yeah. This is you're saying a lot of the same words. It's not Christianity. Right. Um. Right. You keep saying the same words about um. You know, uh, victims and abuse and all right. this kind of stuff. But you have bought into another religion. Right. Yeah. And one of the effective things that pastors do in all this is they make that clear. That's what that's what they take. They yeah. take they yeah. they everyone says, oh, this is just a bunch of gray areas. Right. And pastor's job is actually just, to, to just, make it clear. That's the pastor's job to yep. guard the sheep is yep. you make it clear. You see where it's going and you, you go say, into the gray you areas. Say, no, we're not going there. That's this right. is taking us somewhere we can't go. Yep. And, and you stand there and your job then is to take the arrows yeah. for having fought someone that, you know, is dressed up like a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. right. But they yep. look—they're sheep. They look—they like, yep. look just like us. Like, right. No, they're taking us off right. a cliff. It's—it's, yep. uh, it's, and we have to stop it. And and men need to have the kind of courage to stand up and say it in the meetings. Yeah. Um, we need to have the Q and A sessions where we talk about real things. We need to have conferences where you talk about real things, and the people who have differences of opinion are allowed to air it and say it. And if you can't do that, then you're part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
Exactly. Well, it's that time where you go ahead and bring your offers. Don't send them to Paula White. Go ahead and go to Fight Laugh Feast Network. <laughs> FightLaughFeast.com, and you can give right there at the offering. Just what become a member. Come aside. FightLaughFeast.com or FLFnetwork.com both. or both. Okay. Yeah. Six and one, half dozen of the other. CrossPolitics.com. We, we want a jet, so we got both of them. Okay. <laughs> and cross-politics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's and get a jet. We need a jet. I tell you what, you guys get a jet. I'll get up here. Okay. I'll be up here. And then I can fly around where I need to go. It's, it's for the kingdom. We got a jet. It's a kingdom it's, use, it's, y'all. It's, it's, Keith. And remember, Keith is still looking yeah. for a wife. So. Yeah, so, yeah. so, and we're about to get a jet. So, yeah. so, about to get yeah, about so to if you're up. single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast to the glory of God. It's across politics. Hey, how do they find you? Keep you on Twitter. Uh, Campus Evangel on the Twitter. Okay. Campuspreacher.com. Ladies. Key, show show key, that smile. Campus Preacher. <laughs> show on that smile. Yeah, you do, what you do, what you do is you email me, contact us at cross, uh, contact at fightlifefeast.com and I'll vet you and yeah, then I'll put you in contact. These, these are my spiritual fathers. You, <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get to me, you got to get through this. So, 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 he, will so, set up, he will set up the courtship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so book it. Book it. Not only is Keith fit and handsome and loves the Lord, but he doesn't believe Epstein killed himself. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>